the That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension. Welcome back to the That's Good From You podcast, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's so good to have you back with us. We are back for season two, episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Look out. And we've got a lot in store for you guys today. Yes. We have an amazing special guest with us. You might have seen it on the Instagram. Mm. Anna Dakey. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. It's, it's very cool. so good to have you here. Like Anna and I were chatting sometime last year, I think it was, and Anna was like, oh, I'd love to do a podcast episode. And I was like, okay, sign her up, lock her in. We need to make this happen. It's really yeah, good. It's true. Anna, nice. can you tell us a bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do with your life? Yeah, so um, well, I'm first and foremost a Jesus follower. It's important to have him first, thankfully. Actually, mm. not really first. I've been thinking about this. Ooh. Side note. Mm. He, um, <laughs> you know, he's the hub of my life, not Ooh. necessarily the first. But anyway. Oh, I like that. Um, ask Bruce Holm about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I'm also a fiancé. Very <gasps> exciting. So exciting. Yes, getting married in September. <laughs> Just going to be here in no time. So um, Sister, daughter. Um, I have an awesome family, friend, colleague, counsellor and speaker. So I currently work as a regional manager for Schools Ministry Group, but today I'm in my, I have my counsellor and speaker hat on for Journeys, which is my business. Um, Yeah, so that's me. I'm also a former certified Daring Way facilitator, which sounds really fancy. Yeah, what is that? Um, Say that again. (laughs) Certified Daring Way facilitator. Whoa. Which is the... The title given to people who get trained in Brene Brown's work. Mm. That is cool. Yeah. So love her work and she, her work really has changed my life Mm. in so many ways. And so, yeah, she will come up several times today, I'm sure. We love her. I did not know that that was um, like a legit thing. You were like properly trained. I just thought you were just a number one fan of Brene. I was like, (laughs) she'd be quoting her all the time. Yes. Properly yeah. trained. That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe helpful for you guys to know. Sophie and I have had some cool interactions and experiences with Anna mm. in personal levels of yes. Anna helping us through a lot of different things in a lot of different professional spaces mm. and work life stuff. Um, so we're excited to have a conversation because Sophie and I both know how brilliant you are. Mm. And yes, it's like you. everyone <laughs> needs something of Anna. Like they just need to get yes. a hold of the wisdom she's got. Even when I was writing the Instagram post, I was like, how do I describe Anna? And I was like, She's like walking wisdom, like wisdom oh. with legs. I was like, that is Anna. And I was like, maybe weird to write that down. But honestly, it's what I think of when, I come, when it comes to you. So That's so, so kind. That's so and good. I, I feel like as well, when amazing. we were talking about Brene Brown in our last episode, I went on vulnerability. I was like, oh, it's so scary to have Anna here next. <laughs> as someone who's like trained in Brene Brown stuff, I'm like, did we do her justice? So uh, if you hear Anna contradict anything we said in our last episode, just go with what yeah, she just said. Just believe her. Believe her. No, no. I listened to it. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if anything, some of, that. some of our conversation today or maybe another time mm. might just bring some solidifying yes. to that stuff and yeah. like a deeper level. But you did an awesome job. Oh, thank I you. I think you do a great job. Wow. Yeah. And you're all doing a very great job of being uh, vulnerable. Oh, <laughs> good. Anna, we have a uh, big question to ask you. We've been asking a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We're wondering what your response might be. In line with our season Mm. and us discussing what it means to be human and exploring that topic, what do you think it means to be human? Mm. 
That's such a hard question. Yes. <laughs> because we are such intricate beings, mm. you know. Mm. But for me, I think being human is all about being authentic, mm. being our true authentic selves and figuring mm. out who that is because it's different for every single one of us. Like we're all uniquely created, uniquely mm. made. And so actually what it means to be human is different for each of us Mm. every single one of us individually I think I think it's I don't think it's a a question that we can I mean I'm sure someone's researching it but like (laughs) I don't think that we can necessarily say yes if you think that that's what it is to be human Mm. I can't disagree with you because Mm. you're human and your experience of life and humanity is different and Mm. so yeah but for me it's about authenticity and being the most true version of who God has created me to be and Mm. figuring that out, which is a lifetime thing. Mm. Yeah, I think we would love like a simple like what it means to be human, one word answer that requires like no lifelong learning or (laughs) wrestling or um, anything like that. And it really is a lifelong journey to figure out who we are and how we live in this world and how we are in this world and what it means to be human. Mm. So Yeah, it's a great topic. Yes. It's an awesome topic. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's something that's come out of both mine and Emma's wrestle of what it means to be human. Mm. And we said mm. in probably, I think our first episode for this season, like we don't know the answer to it. So this is actually an exploration that everyone listening mm-hmm. gets to yeah. come, come on, on the, the journey, journey with, with us. us. Figuring it out too. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. So Anna, we're super excited that you're here with us. Uh, and Emma's kind of already alluded to this, but you've journeyed with both of us. So mm. you actually journeyed with me and helped me through a season of burnout a few years ago. Mm. And I don't know that I've really talked about it on the podcast. So mm. that story may come out a little bit. Uh, you have your own story of burnout, mm. plus all of this expertise in the area. Yeah. So we're excited to get into this topic of burnout today. Uh, You might be wondering why burnout? Well, unfortunately, it seems to be one of those things that comes with being human in a really busy, consumeristic, needing Mm -hmm. to produce Mm -hmm. kind of culture. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, And Emma and I have been wanting to have a real conversation about this because it's part of our experience and it's part of the human experience. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I think just to kind of set up where we're heading when we think about culture, culture really has this expectation of production on us. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be productive humans. We've got to make sure that we're being successful, that we're achieving, that we're doing more, um, producing more. And it comes down to you know this idea that quite often culture makes us think that we are machines, mm. like that there's that sense of we're robotic and we've just got to keep going and we've got to produce and we've got to work harder and we've got to achieve more and we've got to climb the ladder and we've just got to keep going to get more done because that's where worth comes from. And I know that I am prone to (laughs) experiencing this at quite a deep level. And I mean, there's family of origin stuff going on there as well, but just seeing myself and my life as um, robotic in the sense of I'm a piece of machinery that just has to keep going. And the thought of resting or stopping or slowing down is Mm. just such a threat. Like that is so dangerous because my worth will be stripped from me if I stop and that is embedded at such a deep level like to the point where a couple of weeks ago when Sophie and I first started talking about this episode oh, I'm already frustrated <laughs> <laughs> we're like sitting on our lovely velvet green chairs and I like come in being like right Sophie we got to get this done and she's just kind of already like noticing that I'm like right got to tick the boxes let's go I've got too much on today and I'm sitting there with my laptop I'd only had coffee so that's one issue nothing there was else. a knee that was bouncing and there was lots of fidgeting going on and I was like something is so wrong right now <laughs> and you weren't giving me much but I was just like come on we got to figure this out and I was just like freaking out Sophie just just like slowly asking me like small questions like 
what did you do this morning? And I'm like, oh, I was doing this thing. And I, I was there for far too long and too many more hours were spent on this thing. And she's like, have you eaten any food? And I was like, no. I was like, I literally don't have time to do that. Like I have no food in my stomach. Haven't had since yesterday at lunchtime. Like I'm not eating food today because there is far too much going on. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was getting so mad and I was like ready to drop some colourful words. And um, <laughs> Sophie literally slammed my laptop um, shut and like ripped it from me and was like, that's it. We're going to get food. Yeah. And I was like a five-year-old. I like threw a proper tantrum. Like There was a foot stamp and everything. It was like a proper like, I'm not going to get yeah. lunch with you. Yeah, I did. I like put my, like crossed my arms and like shrugged in the chair. I was like, I'm not going. I was like, there's no time to do this. And um, Sophie was really clear that that's what needed to happen. And we were sitting there over lunch, me begrudgingly being there. And um, just discussing this, wow, the, ne- the the way I neglected myself, my body, even just mm. like eating food so I could function mm. is just like absolutely wild that I would treat myself in such a way. And like I'm on the road of burning out myself and trying to f- navigate what it looks like to care for myself and change mm. this mindset of I'm a machine to actually I'm a human that needs things to survive and maybe I need to figure out what rest looks like in my life and self-care and all the rest of it and so um it's a really hard thing mm. and I, I feel this too maybe not quite to the same extent because when I get hungry I like I recognize that in my body and that was partly what was happening Just- like I was getting hungry I was like we need lunch (laughs) you need to eat but like I love to work I love being productive I love feeling like I'm making a contribution to the world that I'm like you know journeying with people and and getting to impact part of their story and their journey and I think as humans we're hardwired to some extent to find fulfillment and meaning not fully who we are but to find some kind of fulfillment and meaning Mm. in our work Uh, Right from the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2, we see God giving humans work to do. They were called to tend to creation, to extend the Garden of Eden until it covered the entire earth, which is a massive task and a a beautiful one. But it was always set in the rhythm with rest. There was work Mm. and rest. And the rest part is the part that I tend to forget about, Mm. um, that there is another part to our life of delighting in what God has created, in resting, in having Sabbath So work is good, but as humans, we're designed only for work in rhythm with rest. Mm. And John Mark Comer puts it this way in his book, Garden City. He says, God works, so we work. God rests, so we rest. Work and rest live in a symbiotic relationship. Work and rest are friends, not enemies, Mm. which I'm still very much learning. And so we're going to talk more about rest uh, in a following episode. But for today, we want to explore what happens when we treat ourselves like machines And when we work without rest, or as Wayne Cordero Mm. puts it in his book, Leading on Empty, he says, we forget we are human. So if we ignore our need for rest too long, chances are we're going to find ourselves in a space of burnout. And that's why we want to chat to Anna about this today. So Anna, how would you describe what burnout is? Mm. I think number one, the experience that people have of burnout is very different for each individual. So, you know, similar to what I was saying about um, what it means to Mm. be human and Mm. there being to a degree no definition of that. I think what people experience in burnout is is really specific to their situation. Mm. Um, my my <clears throat> really simple definition is that burnout is just being emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially spent, mm. absolutely exhausted. So not tired. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely exhausted because usually yeah. when people are burnt out, they like really struggle to get out of bed. And it's not necessarily the depression can't get out of bed, but mm. they're like, 
I just actually like it feels hard to physically get up mm. and function and have a shower and eat food mm. <laughs> and those sorts of things. So I've kind of reframed some of I'll say an actual definition by some fancy researchers in a second <laughs> but um you know in my work I've really in a sense in inverted commas dumbed it down to that mm. because I think people connect yes. they go yep. oh I get it when yeah. you're so exhausted across the board right. yeah. not just socially yeah not just from work not mm-hmm. just from family but across the board and yep. I think true burnout is that and I say true because mm. I think the word burnout is being gets a bit thrown around. Yeah. Thank you. I was yes. going to ask that question. Yeah. Like I, I hear burnout, and I think you are you talking busy? Are you talking stressed? Yep. Or are we talking about what is hopefully at some point going to be part of the diagnostic manual? Yes. yes. Yep. As like a diagnosable thing. Yeah. That's right. And so people often say to me, "I just need a week off, and then I'll be fine." And I always say, "Start with a week off," mm. because. If it's true burnout, mm. a, w- a week will do them, will be good. Mm. And then they'll go back to work and within at least a month usually, um, they'll be back to how they felt mm. before they mm. took a week off. Mm. And so then it becomes a conversation with a professional really to go, okay, well, what's going on for you? Because mm, clearly yeah. a week off wasn't enough of a circuit breaker. Maybe there's something more going on. Mm. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary um, defines burnout as Exhaustion of physical or emotional strength or motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress Mm. or frustration. Mm. So that's an interesting thing. It's got the exhaustion in there. It's got Mm. physical and emotional connection and it's talking about like what makes that happen. So Mm -hmm. prolonged stress or frustration. Frustration is an interesting Mm. word. It's really interesting. (laughs) For me in, in the lead up to my burnout and the processing of burnout for me was I just, people would, my therapist especially would say, how do you feel about that? And my default was just annoyed and frustrated. (laughs) It was like, I didn't know any other feeling words. It's the state I live in. Yeah. I'm I'm frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) Christina Maslach, she's um, a a, a psychologist, uh, psychotherapist um, who specializes in burnout. So Mm. instead of an actual definition, she talks about there being three components of burnout. So one being emotional exhaustion, one being depersonalization, which is a fancy word that Mm. really just means becoming more negative or cynical um, or cold towards the people we're caring for. Mm. Um, So almost that concept of like disconnecting to a degree. Um, And then the third one is a reduced personal accomplishment. So that concept Mm. of I just feel like I'm useless. I'm Mm. not accomplishing anything, which is a little bit of the machine Totally, concept, yes. right? It's like I'm not being productive enough. Yeah, yeah, yep. But the key points, I guess, um, are those generally those three things is what most of the research comes out with is the emotional connection. Um, the like we'll talk about signs of burnout, but mm. it's like bit, cynic people who are cynical and get really bitter. Yeah. Often that can be a result of burnout mm. or huh. that you're heading towards burnout. So sure. like when I talk to people about burnout, I usually refer to if you're on, if you're heading towards burnout or are burnt out, you might experience similar yeah, things. Yeah, right. Mm. So I, that's why, for me, my passion is preventing burnout. Yes. It's like mm. don't just keep going, 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 and touch on this and touch on that, and then do something about it when you actually crash. Like mm. I've helped people to really prevent burnout. Like they've mm. been on the edge, and we've been able to pull them back yeah. to be able to live like their best life. Yes. And so it yeah. is possible to do that stuff. Yeah, so I guess they're the definitions. And the other thing to just really know about burnout in in its in and of itself is that originally burnout was only talked about in relation to work. 
Mm. that right. it was work yeah. that yep. that burnt you out or that you're you're burnt out from work new research now um says that you can be burnt out from any area mm. of your mm. life mm. and so um and again the people i've worked with and myself um going through it is that it's never just one area yes like if yeah. work's not going well family life probably isn't either mm. mm-hmm. if things are overwhelming in a family space it's probably going to impact on your work and so, yeah, so I think it's important to acknowledge that you can actually get and feel burnt out from different areas of your life mm. and particularly the caring space is yes. where that happens. So that's why, you know, parents can get burnt out because they're in a season of caring for mm. everyone else and never yeah. themselves or the other end of the spectrum where people are caring for elderly parents. Mm. So that in itself or if there's someone in your life that you're caring for who has a mental, physical, intellectual disability, mm. it's that same kind of thing. It's like where do I go to to not care mm. for someone? Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's interesting too because this is a, a, a ministry space, if you want to call it, and mm. the, the core of ministry is caring for yeah the other Mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of our listeners would find that that is their natural bent in terms of like relationship caring Mm -hmm. for the other thinking about the other and so yeah across the board I think it's fascinating that yeah it's not just a a a stress related to work necessarily but Mm. it can be across Mm -hmm. the board Mm -hmm. in that sense yeah and helpful to say that burnout is a word that is just kind of thrown around like mm. how are you feeling oh i'm just feeling really burnt out feeling mm. run down mm-hmm. but to say that it is a, like an acute stress disorder that this yeah. can be diagnosed yeah and i think it's similar to like when people talk about i'm feeling really anxious mm. about yes, something but yes, they totally. may not have a diagnosis or mm-hmm. you don't even have to have a diagnosis sometimes that's just helpful but mm-hmm. like but mm-hmm. they actually really struggle with anxiety yes. that's different to feeling anxious yes. on any given day because something's coming up that you're nervous about or, mm. or whatever so i think it's similar with the word being thrown around a little bit yeah. but yeah. yeah i don't know i'm always just i mean as a therapist i'm always just curious i'm like is it really burnout yes. <laughs> or is it yeah. or are you actually needing a break because you haven't had leave for the last 6 months yeah. mm. and every 6 months we really should be having leave yeah. <laughs> Side note. But, but on that though, like, you know, every six months we should be having leave. It leads perfectly into the next question is what do you think leads people into a space where they find themselves burned mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And again, it's different for everyone. Yeah. And I will say that a lot. And yes. when I speak about That's burnout, really I always preface it with like, I will say it depends on your situation <laughs> yeah. a lot today. Yes. So um, I guess when I'm sharing, just be thinking about when I share different scenarios or examples, just, you know, take notice of which one connects with you kind of thing rather than it's all things that I say is specific for for each individual. So, Mm. um, so I guess, I don't know, like when I think about my story and what led me to burnout, um, I think there was lots of, um, you know, just going, 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 like just on like the machine kind of concept, just always on. But for me, the deeper level of it was that I never, I didn't know, number one, that self-care or slowing down was a thing. Mm. Like, and so this Mm. was like over 10 years ago where burnout was only just starting to be talked about. Like when Uh I talked to my therapist about it, she was like, sounds like you're burnt out. And I was like, what's that? All (laughs) I know about burnout are the things that my brothers used to do in the paddocks. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's so good. Um, Country life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she said, you know, we can get through this by teaching you about self-care. And then I was like, what's self-care? Wow, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, but I think the biggest thing that leads us to burnout is actually not knowing who we are mm. and what we need 
right? So, mm. heck, you know, before when you were sharing, Sophie, about um, the work and rest thing going hand in hand, mm. I know it's slightly different to what you were saying, but I just kept thinking living a life of self-care and looking after ourselves is actually work. Mm. Like it's hard work. Yeah, that is true. To do yeah. that, right? And, yeah. and in the, the therapy space, we talk, about, we talk about doing our own work, mm. right, which is getting to know ourselves personally. Um, and knowing who we are so I think Mm. people just don't know who they are and what they really need or have a safe space to actually ask for what they need yes so when they don't have those things we just push it down or we figure out a way of of numbing it of just escaping from it and Mm. we suck it up and and move on to the next thing Mm. there's obviously things like pressures at work expectations whether it's at work or in family life or you know in in a church setting Mm. in ministry whatever it is there's there's always a level of expectation and feeling like you have to live up to that. Yes. Um, so again, it always comes back to understanding who you are. Because right. if you are live, if you're in a, a space like that and you're noticing within yourself that that doesn't feel right, mm. then you can do something about it. Yeah. But the yeah. majority of us don't know that it doesn't feel right. Yes. Or if it does, if we feel like something doesn't feel right, we don't know how to what to do with it. Mm. So we just push it down or somehow get through it, kind mm. of thing. Like again, similar to things that um, you were saying, Emma, like there's just societal norm is that we just go, 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 go. Mm. I think that I, I have a bit of a theory um, <laughs> that, but I haven't found any research yet that like <laughs> helps me with this. But my experience and almost the experience of every person I've worked with as a therapist is that there's unresolved grief mm. in yeah. your story mm. somewhere that tends to be simmering and as a society we're really bad at dealing with grief. Yeah. Oh. So we don't deal with it. Yeah. It, it festers and that then becomes another thing that we're not talking about mm. and that can yeah, then, right. it just builds up pressure yeah. um, and frustration and, and those sorts of things. Mm. Perfectionism, like there's heaps of things I could go on yeah. and on. <laughs> Even um, on the, I was yeah. going to say on the grief train, like I know we've spoken about creating space in your life in mm. order to deal with those things. Yeah. Like could you touch on that a bit more about what, it, like the importance of creating space in order to, I guess, like know who you are so that you can prevent yeah. burnout? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is that, yeah, if we don't slow down, we don't actually give ourselves time to number one, notice how Mm -hmm. we're actually feeling about something. Because if you just think about like a really busy week in your life, which may have been just the week gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But if you think about it, like, and you think about something that happened on Monday that really annoyed you with a friend or your colleague or, or someone. If you then have gone straight into back-to-back meetings out at night, back-to-back meetings mm. out at night, back yeah. to, or not even meetings, but like just things that you like, whether it's work mm. or if it is at night, it's like I'm going to play netball because that's just the thing that I do on Wednesday night or whatever. Yeah. You get to the end of the week and you haven't had any time in your mind, let alone your body and emotions, to actually... Mm think about mm. what happened in that you know hard situation or that argument or whatever yeah. and so again when we when we don't slow down we don't give ourselves enough time to even reflect mm. on that situation and that's why then we don't communicate with the important people in our lives when mm. we don't communicate there's distance between us all that mm. stuff mm. so the slowing down is actually a really important thing which we'll talk about probably a bit more in yeah. the self-care one. But I think it's, yeah, like, oh, 
just are too busy people. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I find it really frustrating when someone says to me, how are you going? And I'm genuinely <laughs> in a busy season yeah. and I have to answer. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm actually really busy. And yeah. I now, because of all the work I've done, I actually cringe at myself yes. <laughs> for yeah. answering like that because I'm like, I genuinely don't want that to be my answer. Mm. Like I want to say, yeah, like, you know, things are, are, are tough or are good, but I've got space to think about it, to still, you know, to, mm. I want to have a balance yes. of a busy day but then a relaxing night Yes. or yeah. because work and rest go hand in hand, right? Yes. Like it's mm. not just about being busy, 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 or it's also not just about not being busy mm. and chilled out your whole entire life. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it has yeah. to be a balance. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess even like hearing what you're saying that burnout is not just about like burnout doesn't just come from having a full life and having a lot of things, but also just not having the space to know what's going on inside of you and figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Because it's actually about doing the deeper work, not just like, um, again, probably talk about this in the next um, episode, but it's not just about having set things to do and that'll mm. help us not be burnt out. Mm. Yes. It's a deeper, yes. it's yes. a lifestyle change right. really yeah. to not get burnt out. Yes. And I, I feel yes. feel like for me, so uh, working in ministry have been now for 15 years, basically since I finished high school, which uh, if you're listening to this Close and you're 19... Mind. Just, just don't go straight into church work <laughs> unless you're really feeling yeah, called. Because, uh, yeah, that's right. Go work at Bunnings. Go work at Coles. Yeah. <laughs> just go do some, <laughs> something else for a little bit. Have discover fun. who you are. Go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, discover who you are before Not you go into ministry. Um, but for me, it was like okay, like my role as a pastor is to care for others, and so mm-hmm. I just have to constantly be doing that. There is no time to slow down. Yeah. Uh, and then you like get to a point. Well, where it was for me, where I had to go buy a ball of wool from Spotlight Mm. and on the way there something was going on in my body I was just like not coping and all of a sudden I'm parked in the Spotlight car park in uncontrollable tears and sobbing which is wild for so unable to go into Spotlight to buy a single ball of Mm. wool and I was like huh something's probably wrong like it took (laughs) me to that point to be like if I can't go inside a shop which is something I do every day Mm -hmm. and buy something so simple there's clearly something wrong but I had igno- obviously ignored a long list mm. of other things up until that point because it, it's like it, looking back at it now, I'm like, how did I not yeah, see and how did I get to that point? So like what things should people be looking out for? Like what in mm. – and there's probably many things and we could – and have unpacked that over, you know, the last couple of years. But like what should have I been doing or what things could have I potentially seen to avoid me getting to the point where mm. I couldn't go into spotlight? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It actually, just listening to that story reminds me of um, I think we all have a catalyst mm. moment mm. that is like, wow, that is something is not right. Mm. And that can be, I love that story because it's so real mm. and so what feels just basic and simple. Yes. For other people, it could be like a natural disaster yes. that, they, mm. that happens and then they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm really not coping. Mm. Like, yeah. And, of course, it's a natural disaster. But it could be like rolling your ankle or going to buy yeah. a ball of wool, right? Yes. And I think there's always so much in the lead up to mm. that, which is why it's important. I talk about getting to know what our red flags are Mm. um, and things that it's like, oh, my gosh, that's happening for me. I really need to whatever clear for me when I like I I get headaches when I'm stressed. Mm. Um, Otherwise, I basically never get headaches. An an unusual thing I realise a lot of people have headaches. But I so when I start getting headaches, I'm like, 
okay, something's not right. What do I need to do? And usually it's clearing my calendar for the next two weeks. I just, not completely, Mm. but I look at the next two weeks and I'm like, what can I actually reschedule? Um, Like what can I just Mm. just clear? But I think Jen, like there's, yeah, heaps of signs of burnout. And and again, this is, I'm going to just list off a whole heap in a second, but it's things that could be happening in your life if that could lead you to burnout Mm. or it could be things that are happening if you are actually burnt out. Sure. So this is a crossover. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I actually thought about it in heaps of detail, I'd be able to have two separate. Mm. But again, your experience is different as each individual. So, but I will get on my high horse for a couple seconds. Great. (laughs) Get on. Um, We're ready. One is if you are out every night of the week, Mm. you will get burnt out. Full stop. You just will. Because our bodies are not designed to be at fight and flight Mm. 24-7. Right. So actually what happens in our body when we're stressed and um, in, in hard situations is we go into fight and flight. So our, dre- our adrenaline pumps off when we, you know, have something that's making us scared or, or afraid. And mm. it's supposed to do that. Right. Like back in cave days, yeah. <laughs> caveman days, like if they saw a lion, mm. they're supposed to get into fight and flight. Yes. It's like I need to Text get them. out of here or I'm yeah. going to fight mm. off the yeah. line. Right. But our bodies now see levels of stress a hard conversation, expectations at work, those sorts of things, mm. as the same reaction to a lion is coming to, like, eat mm. me. Yeah. And so adrenaline shoots off. And that's why sometimes people will um, talk about having adrenal fatigue. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yep. sometimes adrenal fatigue, sometimes I'm not a doctor. So sometimes <laughs> it can be also burnout. Like, mm. so, um, but that's because, so physiologically, yeah. there's too much adrenaline in our body. And yeah. when you're living in that state too often, you get too fatigued, like mm. hence adrenal fatigue. Um, but yeah, so if you're out every night of the week, and so I went on that tangent because if you, you're, and this, we know this isn't the case for every single person, but we want home to be our safe space mm. and our space where we can relax and, and, and not be in fight and flight. So if you, as soon as you step out of the house, even if you're going to somewhere that you know and people you know and you, you love and it's a safe place, just by default getting out of a safe environment, mm. we're straight away on, on, on edge, right? Like yeah. you get in a car and you have to be on edge. Yes. Like you have to be looking for things yeah, and totally. making sure you drive properly. So that's why I say if you're out every night of the week, you're not and you're working out of the house and all that sort of stuff, mm. you're not giving your body any chance at all mm. to actually just go into like nothingness yeah, mode rest right? and digest that's it <laughs> i love that so yeah if you're out every night of the week if you're not taking lunch breaks fyi <laughs> you don't get paid for your lunch breaks people yeah. so take them yeah some people when they're in burnout will experience levels of anxiety and depression mm. um mm. it doesn't mean they also have anxiety and depression as a diagnosis yep. but nine times out of ten at some point on your journey, you'll probably feel super anxious and maybe depressed. Um, Generally, people will want to withdraw from social interactions. Mm. Um, They can feel like they want to eat more or eat less, sleep more or sleep less, Um, really struggle with change, especially if they're someone who has quite enjoyed change. Mm. Mm. Um, Same with social stuff. Like if you're someone who generally enjoys social interaction and now you're really starting to withdraw, Mm. that could be a sign of burnout. Um, And then as I talked about the grief stuff, so unresolved grief, um, mm. Yeah, so so various things mm. that can be signs of burnout, and some of them are super practical. Some of them are a bit more 
theoretical and involve a lot more kind of deeper work mm. around that. But yeah, if there's any of those sorts of things, but the like being out every night of the week thing, seriously, people. Yeah. Like, mm. And yeah, it's going on a whole <laughs> tangent about that. But it's so good. I've, I've noticed since like kind of coming out of burnout and, and looking at what it looks like to maintain a level of health and mm. all those sorts of things that if I am out in the evenings, which doesn't happen very often anymore, but if I am out in the evenings, if there's a work thing on, or if I decide to do something that it takes me a very, very, very long time to wind down in mm-hmm. the evenings. And it was mm. something I thought was funny back in the day when mm-hmm. I was a youth pastor and I would get home from youth mm. on a Friday night at 1am cause mm-hmm. we'd been hanging out and having mm-hmm. fun. And then I wouldn't go to sleep until three. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is hilarious. Like, yeah. you know, I can't wind <laughs> down. This is so funny, but I was in my early twenties. I could, you know, manage on yeah. less sleep than I can now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Oh, that's actually a sign that my body has been uh, in some, whether it's a, adrenaline, like in an unhelpful way, but there's been some level of adrenaline because I've been out and yep. about of the house yep. and now I can't wind down mm-hmm. when I get home. Yep. And I'm much more aware of that now. Yes. And also on that, um, once we've had burnout, mm. our capacity changes. Yes. Moving mm. forward. Yeah. Right. So the majority of us who get burnt out, you know, anywhere from our late 20s onwards, we all want to try and get back to who we were in our early 20s mm-hmm. where you could go to bed at yeah. 3 o'clock and, <laughs> you know, be awake at 11 and function the next day or yes. whatever. Um, but there's something that that shifts in us emotionally and socially especially, I think, after mm. having burnout. And I really struggled with this in my journey was that, you know, I was single, so, you know, didn't have kids, um, and I couldn't even work full time. Mm. Like my, I had a, a whole big story behind how, you know, bad I was or a mm. lot of shame mm. related to the fact that I was in my mid to late twenties and I couldn't even work full time. It's like, you know, and so that was because I was burnt out, but further to that, then I've tried to go back and work full time and it didn't work. Mm. So part of that journey was me accepting, you know what, I actually work my best at four to four and a half days a week yeah. and I feel blessed that I can live off that yes um but I think that it's also a choice like I just don't do certain things because I choose to work four days instead of have more money and work five days so um because quality of life is more important to me than Mm, anything else but I think also so that capacity thing has shifted and I've had to a big part of the you know grief is also part of burnout yes like because when you go through burnout you lose a lot of things a lot of and one of those for me was my capacity yeah and people kept saying to me you just got to build resilience to get back to your capacity (laughs) and then one day a therapist said to me and I was like well now it's a professional has told me this so I can name it as truth because I was like something's shifted and she said yeah People who experience burnout, usually their capacity changes yeah. and you just can't get back to and who that and what you were before. the absolute least favourite thing that you said to me <laughs> through that whole journey, but it's the one that stuck with me yeah. and it's been really helpful so I'm glad you said yeah. it because if you hadn't have said it and I had have tried to jump straight back mm-hmm. in, I would have ended up burnt out again but also probably had a similar narrative about mm-hmm. why I was failing or not you know, mm-hmm. able to produce mm-hmm. enough and it's like, no, actually – this is just a different yeah. season now. Yeah. And I think on that, like people, it's so common for people to get burnt out more than once. Mm. Like as a therapist, I've seen lots of people who are like, oh, this is the fifth time I've been burnt out. And it's almost like a badge of honour. And I'm like, Whoa. dude, if you're going to work with me, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be prepared for out. some hard things and you may not come back. That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but a big part of that, I think often is that people, we stop doing the maintenance. Mm. We like, if you've been burnt out, you're going to get burnt out again mm. unless you really make it a choice right. not to. And that means doing the hard work for the rest of your life. It will never stop. Yeah. 
yeah. I think that sense of choice <laughs> is interesting because I'm right now I'm just thinking about the people who have a lot of external pressures. I'm thinking about church communities yeah. that put a lot of pressure yeah. on people to mm-hmm. be out every night of the week, mm-hmm. at meetings and yeah. at discipleships and at worship, worship meeting things. nights yeah. and yeah. even, I don't know, just work events as well. Like I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about the people that really have the expectation and the demand on them to be out. And I guess hearing what you're saying in that, well, it is a choice actually. There is a choice mm-hmm. and the choice is are you going to prioritise your health and your well-being? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's going to come at the cost of having to say no and people being offended yep. and you maybe being stepped down in spaces. Yep. Or are you just going to take on this busy life at the risk of being burnt out and being mm-hmm. an unhealthy yep. human who has this, I'm a machine and I'll just keep working yep. and live a really mm-hmm. yeah. hard And I think life. one of the biggest challenges in the ministry space is that we think that we're doing all of that's probably not the right word we we think that we're doing all of that for god Mm. right and so it's hard sometimes to say no or to push back on this is too much or whatever Mm. unfortunately most people who struggle with this are people who are paid in ministry Mm. so actually it's work people yeah yes yeah like (laughs) it's also serving god and yes but it's it like so there has to be a there has to be a wrestle with it's also your work. Mm. Like mm. if you don't show up or if you stop working at that job, you're not going to get paid. Mm. Like so you're going to have to find another job. Mm. And then the question is will you also keep doing what you were doing as mm. your job if you're working somewhere else but also serve, right? Totally. So, so there's this really. really complex thing going on with ministry and I think that's often why there's so much burnout in ministry yeah. because people yeah. are really confused and – and often we don't – there's a lot of shame, I think, around wrestling with what's mm. work, what's yep. serving God and how do you do both of those or should you even do both of those? Like, mm. and yeah, and so – but I think too that if you push back on, you know, like I need to step back from these commitments or whatever, you know, we've probably all had it said to us that then we're not serving God mm. good enough or yeah. – you know, like, but this is part of serving God. This is mm. part of what yeah, God's called call, you right? to. It's like, sacrifice. Yes. So, yeah. and I think it's important to, like, this is where I would highly recommend people seeing a counsellor or someone who they can genuinely really wrestle with that mm. to figure out the line between what's work and what's um, serving yep. or what's volunteering to serve God or whatever. Because if you're someone in paid ministry, only you can figure out where your line is around mm. that. You'll mm. have heaps of people try and speak into it, but in the end you've got to wrestle with that and wrestle with scripture and mm. wrestle just within your relationship with God and with those around you and all that stuff. And it's not an easy thing. Like it's not something you can just pick up one day and be like, oh, now I know. Like the mm. most people who have got burnt out in ministry and who really push through figuring it out, it is a wrestle yeah. and it often it's takes years right. to genuinely figure that out yeah 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 and so like we, we've talked about some of the signs we've we, we've talked around kind of all of these different things around burnout why is it that so say in my case why is it that I couldn't see the signs so not that because the signs were definitely there why was it that it took a ridiculous breakdown over something so small and I like I can hear myself saying that and I know it's not ridiculous but it still is kind of a funny story that is a little bit ridiculous to me like why couldn't I see those 
signs mm. over because I, I, I like I have a journal entry from 18 months prior mm. where I went away for a week and it didn't help mm-hmm. and I had written mm. that I was exhausted and that I thought I was like I, I even I think the word burnout is in there from 18 months before that mm. incident and I still didn't do anything in mm-hmm. those 18 months yeah yeah so I would say potentially two key things one is shame mm. Mm-hmm. So often, um, and I don't know your story specifically around mm. that situation. So um, it's a general statement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but shame keeps us quiet. Mm. So even if mm. we feel like if we feel like something's not quite right, and we feel like we're a bad person because of that, yep. like maybe I'm exhausted and burnt out. Oh, but I shouldn't be. Yeah. Or whatever. Then sometimes feeling that can actually stop us from asking for help, mm. right? So I actually think shame is a huge yep. is a huge um, part of it. But further to that, I think as a society we just don't have the skills mm. and knowledge to know mm. how what to do. Like yeah. heaps of people say to me, like, I need a, I think I need to talk to someone, but where do I start? Yeah. Like how do I find that? Yeah. And that's in a society that is so much more aware in inverted commas about <laughs> mental health yes. than what we were 10 years ago yeah, and totally. people still don't know that just a first port of call is your GP mm. and on the same par as that friends and having yeah. the courage though to actually ask that question mm. I think I need to talk to someone but I don't know who to go to have you ever talked to someone mm. that you might know or do you know of some, like but that is just not it's still just not a common everyday question like and I think I feel like the message I get from just people I listen to from the states is that in the United States having a therapist is like yeah. going to I don't know your hairdresser or something <laughs> um but here in Australia mm. it's still very much mm. not that and I think that's a bit of the Aussie way um, yeah she'll yeah. be right mate yeah exactly that's right so I do think that a big part is that we just don't have the skills and knowledge mm. and for me that was a huge thing like when I started my therapy around my burnout journey um I reflected back and I was just so bitter and frustrated with every frustrated (laughs) people and um like and the the practicality of ministry and that sort of stuff um I just blamed the environment that I was Mm. in but actually as I reflected on it I learned that I didn't have the skills or knowledge to to do anything different in my mm. situation. Like right. I didn't know how to say no and yeah. set a boundary. Yes. I didn't know that I even needed to say no. Mm. Like I didn't even like. Yeah. It, it just didn't even know that that was a thing. Like, which seems so weird to me now in where I am now, but mm. um, I didn't know that I needed to wind down mm. and actually rest. Like I, I just didn't, we just don't get taught those skills. It's not. So, and I think we are more getting taught it now in schools. Like mm. I think there's a lot more of mm. like social emotional learning. Yes. Um, but it's still, or if you've grown up with someone like a parent or someone who has had mental health problems at challenges and they've asked for help and that sort of stuff. But as a general rule, I still think we don't yep. mm. have those skills. And so if we don't know, like for you, it's like 18 months before the bowl of wool mm. situation, like, maybe you just didn't know what to do with that mm. awareness. Right, mm. yeah. Like it's like I'm aware because you're writing it down. Mm. So there's a level of awareness. If you're not aware, that's a whole nother ball yes. game, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you are aware, then sometimes it's like now what do I do with this? Yeah, yeah. And 
do I feel safe enough to admit I'm not going okay, right. especially in ministry? Yeah. Because yeah. God should be giving us yes. all the strength we need to keep getting through. <laughs> Just pray about it. Pray about yeah. it, Sophie. Pray about the wall. You'll be fine. Yeah, don't get me started on the misuse of like I can do all things through Christ who gives yeah, me yeah. strength. That's another episode for oh, another yeah. day. But like, yeah, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. I just I think about the people like myself. I'm like asking for a friend. Um, yeah. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think about the people. I don't think you're supposed to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just living my authentic life. Um, who are aware of their state? Who do know what to do with you know their situation? And they do have the safe people to go to. And I know that that is me full well. And it's like I think. There's just a level of discomfort of owning up and being like, I am not okay. And that mm-hmm. is so uncomfortable to admit that and to go against the grain of, actually, I do need to stop. Mm. And that makes me want to vomit and <laughs> crawl in a hole and not see anyone ever. But mm. um, yeah, that sense of discomfort mm-hmm. of having to admit yeah. your state. And I think the majority of people think that it's a weakness yeah. to admit that stuff, right? Mm. But you guys have been talking about vulnerability yes. and Brene's you know, whole thing about vulnerability is that anything that is vulnerable is actually courage, mm. right? So to ask for help, to be in the un- uncom- in the discomfort mm. is actually one of the strongest things. It's not weak. It's one of the strongest things yeah. ever. And if someone else, hurt, like, yeah, like you asking for help, someone else would say that's such a brave thing strong mm. thing to do but within you you feel like it yeah it's, it's pathetic the, right? yeah it's pathetic yeah. yeah and that's one of the paradoxes of of vulnerability that Brene actually talks about which is that vulnerability in someone else we think is a is strength and courage and amazingness mm. but in us it's weakness mm. yeah and yep. you know shame and stupidity yep. and all that sort of stuff which yeah. to me is I think that's so cool. Yeah. Which is one of the things I asked you the other day, Emma, you were talking about what something that was going on for you and you framed it negatively. And I was like, would you have said that to Sophie two years ago who couldn't get out of bed? Yeah. And you're like, of course not. And it's like, well, then why are you willing to yeah. say it about yourself? Mm. Because yeah. like, yeah, don't, don't have a different set of standards for you that you had yeah. for me when I was going through it. Yeah. Um, and that's a really hard thing to do to ha- have compassion for ourselves in the way that we would have at fathers. Mm. Um, but it is an important thing to be aware of. And to, I often, if I like think something negative about myself, I'm like, well, would I say this to someone else yeah. in this situation? Yeah. And if I wouldn't, then it's like, well, yeah. okay, maybe I shouldn't be saying it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah reframe it in a different way. Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to talk a lot more in our next episode with Anna. So surprise, another episode with Anna coming <laughs> <Yay>! about <laughs> self-care. And I think in the process of that, we'll talk a little bit about um, like how do we prevent burnout what does if we are in a burnout space what does recovery look like and how does self-care play into that Mm. but if we're going to wrap uh, this conversation up are there some practical takeaways or anything helpful that you would like to leave people with if they're listening to this episode and maybe gonna have to wait a week or so Mm -hmm. uh, before they hear the next what is something helpful for Mm. uh, to wrap kind of wrap up the conversation we've just had I think the first thing is to just know that you're not alone yeah like when I went through my burnout, one of the biggest messages I struggled with was feeling misunderstood mm. and that nobody else understood what was ha- what was happening or why I had to do this or, or pull back from that or whatever. Um, but I think in some spaces feeling burnt out or going through burnout is still very isolating. Mm-hmm. And so I think just know that you're not alone. Like even if you feel like you're alone, try and – give yourself a pep talk to yeah. say it's okay there are other people I don't know them yeah. but there are other people and 
um, you know, and, and ask God to reveal those people, mm. like who you can share mm. with and who you can have a conversation with yeah. who will just understand who that is, whether it is a professional or whether it's just a friend, mm. like it doesn't really matter. But, but yeah, just knowing that, that you're not alone. And I would just also say like the journey of burnout, burnout recovery is like if you, this is a judgment, but if, if you do it well mm. is lifelong. Mm. It's like oh. you are just, it's, it has to be a change in view of of how you want to live your life. Mm. You can't just go, oh, I'm burnt out, so I'll recover and then I'll go back to who I was because you're just going to get burnt out again. Mm. Because, and again, if you do the hard work, you'll find out what did lead you to mm. burn out. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, like there's a whole heap of other things that led me to burn out apart from just my workplace. And mm. so, you know, and, and sometimes it can be personality stuff and upbringing and all that sort of stuff, it's super deep. So I think just keep keep going. Know that there's light at the end of the tunnel because mm. if you're in a place where you can't see light, I get it. Like mm. it does. It feels like this is never going to end. Mm-hmm. Mm. This self-care thing that I'm trying this week is not helping. It's like yeah. it's helping, but I know it doesn't feel like it's helping. So mm. and, you know, try and reach out to someone, yeah, who you can talk to about it yeah. um, because – and sometimes it is just talking about it, not necessarily anything super practical, but just sharing your yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. That can sometimes yeah. be one of the most helpful things. So, yeah, mm. that's really yeah. helpful. Mm. That's oh, awesome. Thank you, Anna, for taking us through that and also mm. encouraging us to practice courage and vulnerability in, mm. in, yeah. in finding people to talk to about mm. these things. Uh, I heard you pull out some language as we were talking through about that there, there is a wrestle in mm. this process that we're going to have mm-hmm. to wrestle with boundaries and and saying no and uh, we may even talk about this in the next episode of what happens when people respond badly to your boundaries yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and things like that. But, yes, we're so thankful for your wisdom in mm. this. Uh, and so for those of you who have made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. Mm. Uh, if you have resonated with anything that we've talked about today, uh, reach out to someone, have the courage to be vulnerable and reach out mm. and yeah. continue wrestling. That's it. Mm. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Welcome back. To, oh, yeah. Now? Yeah. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> That'll make a good blooper That's later. Make a great blooper. <laughs> okay.